We are in the final week of this series, which is called Perspective, because we are talking uh, about looking at things from other people's perspective, about uh, not just thinking about how you see things, not just thinking about how you think about things, but looking at how other people see things, thinking about what other people are going through, what they have gone through, what they believe, how, how, what their life has been like, trying to walk in their shoes. And, and in this series, we talked about the prodigal son and how if you stop it at different points, it's almost like a different story because each person was a hero, each person was a villain. So many different things happen, but he kept having this chance to turn his life around because no matter what someone has done, no matter what has happened in someone's life, that it's never too late to, to come back to God. It's never too late to do better. It's never too late to change. Uh, we also talked about Jonah and, and how he was so angry about the fact that God was going to save this group of people, this whole city, just because he hated them, just because he didn't think they were worth it, just because he didn't think they were worthy, just because of how they looked, how, how they believed, how they had acted before. He didn't think they deserved mercy, and he got angry about it and literally, essentially walked away from God saying, yeah, I'm done with this, and, and how we should never judge people like that because everyone has the same chance at Jesus. Everyone has the same chance at this life. And so you have to remember that everyone else, what they believe, what they do, what their life has been like, uh, they're not doing it to tick you off or to make you happy. It's just because that's their life. Um, it, it's not like we are the stars of the show and everybody else is a supporting character. That's what it feels like sometimes. And that's how Jonah was acting. But it's like everybody is part of God's story. And then last week we talked about the rich man and Lazarus and how Sometimes politics, sometimes the way people feel about things uh, comes at the cost of compassion because people get so caught up in what they think should happen and what they think somebody's life is like that they don't take time to actually care about that person, to actually give, to actually pray for that person, to actually care, period. And all of that leads us to this week in which we're going to talk about understanding that, that you're never going to know someone's full story. You're never going to know the full story. You're always going to know what people show you, what people tell you. You're always going to know what you can read online or in a paper, which may or may not exist still. You're always going to know that part, but you're never going to get the whole glimpse. And so you have to learn to think about that and not to judge the book by its cover, so to speak. And so I'm going to go to Genesis chapter 27, verses 1 through 20. One day when Isaac was old and turning blind, he called for Esau, his older son, and said, My son. Yes, father, Esau replied. I am an old man now, Isaac said, and I don't know when I may die. Take your bow and a quiver full of arrows and go out into the open country to hunt some wild game for me. Prepare my favorite dish and bring it here for me to eat. Then I will pronounce the blessing that belongs to you, my firstborn son, before I die. So basically right now it's a simple part of the story and it sets everything up. Isaac is an old man. He's, he's getting near the end of his life. He was Abraham and Sarah's son. Uh, he had at one point almost been sacrificed by Abraham. Abraham was willing to. Uh, he'd wanted him for so long. But God said, no, it's okay. You just have to, to be willing to. And so Isaac lived a long life. He, he had a family. He prayed to God. He served God. He did so many things. And so at this point, he has two sons, an older one, obviously, and a younger one. They're very different. Esau is a hunter, and Jacob is kind of an indoor guy. He would be inside playing Fortnite, and Esau would be out playing like football, and so things like that. And so uh, he, he has more in common, he feels, with Esau. But at this point in history, like the blessings of the firstborn son mattered a lot. Now, a lot of times now, like the, the parents will sometimes not treat the firstborn different, but it's like, oh, well, you know, this is my, my first kid. Like, we've waited for so long. Uh, maybe it was a miracle or something like that. And so it's a special time, and then you have more kids, and it's like, oh, they're still okay. Uh, but no, it's, I'm just joking. That was just from Tim. But no, it's like they're still, 
they're still good, but it's like, it, it's a different thing. But today it's not as different. But back then it's like the firstborn basically was the person who took on the name. He, he took the name out into the world. So going back to Tim for a second, like that means Ethan would be the person who kind of followed Tim and, and took on his job and took on the, the rights of the family and took the name out into the world and like was the man of the house after Tim died. And so uh, it, it's like that's who he was. And so the blessing of the father on the firstborn was very important because it's kind of like a verbal contract saying, hey, everything that I have is yours when I go. Everything in our family, you will be in charge. You will be in charge of your brothers and sisters. You will be in charge of, of your mom. You will be in charge of everything. You're going to be the man. And so that's what it meant then. And so that's why Esau is super excited. And that's why Isaac's like, well, it's time. And it always went to the firstborn son. Uh, the next scripture... But Rebekah, who was the mom, overheard what Isaac had said to his son Esau. So when Esau left to hunt for the wild game, she said to her son Jacob, Listen, I overheard your father say to Esau, Bring me some wild game and prepare me a delicious meal. Then I will bless you in the Lord's presence before I die. Uh, now, now, my son, listen to me. Do exactly as I tell you. Go out to the flocks and bring me two fine young goats. Uh, I'll use them to prepare your father's favorite dish. Then take the food to your father so he can eat it and bless you before he dies. But look, Jacob replied to Rebekah, my brother Esau is a hairy man and my skin is smooth. What if my father touches me? He'll see that I'm trying to trick him and then he'll curse me instead of blessing me. Uh, but his mother replied, then let the curse fall on me, my son. Just do what I tell you. Go out and get the goats for me. So at this point, we kind of get a better picture of the story. And we see the younger son who was just kind of there and the mom's like, whoa, whoa, whoa. Now, Isaac has his favorite, and it's Esau, but I want you to get this. I want you to be in charge. You're the guy who, who can really take us to the next level. They can take this, this family into the Fortune 500. Like, you can really do something here. And, and so you're not going to be the backup quarterback anymore. You're going to be Mahomes. Like, you're going to be the man. You're going to be doing this. And so she's like, come on, come on, come on. And, and she's like, so I'm going to, you just go get some of our goats, because everybody had goats then, and you go get some of our goats, bring it in, and I'll make his dish, and then he's going to bless you, and then that's it. Now, we hear that, and we're like, well, even if Isaac can't see him, can't he just say, oh, I take back the blessing? And, and to us, that's, that's logical, and it's like how we would think, but then this is seriously like a prayer over them. This is something that was so important that, that whoever he gave the blessing to, it was non-transferable. Now again, we'd be like, well, why? And, and it's just kind of the tradition. It's the way that things work. There's no thing really to uh, compare it to now, but, but it's something where uh, it was very important. And so we see that, that Jacob is in the process of possibly stealing it. We see that Rebecca really wants her favorite because like I said, he was in the house, so he was around her more. And Esau was probably out hunting with Isaac more. And so they had those relationships. Now they loved each other. They loved their kids, but it's like, well, I want the next generation to be more like me. And I want the next generation to be more like me. We all kind of see things like that. Uh, we want who we vote for. We want who, who we talk to to be like us. I've talked about the whole social media thing and how we want to follow people who are like us. We want people to be on our feed who are like us so that we don't have to deal with anything we don't want to deal with. And, and so this is Rebecca and Isaac are kind of in the same situation. So we see, and, and at this point it's like, wait, well this is kind of shocking. Like they're actually going to trick this old blind man. That's probably bad. Uh, and so we go to the next part. So Jacob went out, got the young goats for his mother, Rebecca took them and prepared a delicious meal, just the way Isaac liked it. Then she took Esau's favorite clothes, which were there in the house, and gave them to her younger son, Jacob. She covered his arms and the smooth part of his neck with the skin of the young goats, which is gross. Then she 
uh, gave Jacob the delicious meal, including freshly baked bread. So Jacob took the food to his father. My father, he said. Yes, my son, Isaac answered. Who are you, Esau or Jacob? Jacob replied, it's Esau, your firstborn son. I've done as you told me. Here's the wild game. Now sit up and eat it so you can give me your blessing. Uh, Isaac asked, how did you find it so quickly, my son? The Lord your God put it in my path, Jacob replied. Uh, at this point, most of us probably feel like we've heard enough of this story to make a judgment because we've seen that he's gotten the blessing. Uh, he, he's done something wrong. He walked up to his father and his father asked him, which son are you? Now that's kind of a weird thing for a parent to ask, and I, uh, you know, but he was old and, and kind of losing it and he was blind. But Jacob had the chance to go back then and he could have been like, it, it's, it's me, Jacob, but he's like, it's Esau. And he has goat blood dripping all over him and he's got the hair the goat everything and so he's there and he's talking to him and he gets the blessing now again this is something that at the time was non-transferable and it's a big deal and so Jacob wins and so we all would think if we were talking then if we were seeing the the news story if we were hearing about it we'd be like this is insane I can't believe that that he stole from his old father I can't believe that the mom did this I can't believe that that this would happen how could they treat an old blind man like that how could they do this how could they cheat everything how could they give phantom points like how could they do something like this to somebody who doesn't deserve it and, and so we all see that and that's when you kind of get outraged uh, one of the things that that is really cool I spoke a little bit about this today but one of the things in our era and one of the things that you guys are all growing up with that the adults have just gotten over the course of our lives is the internet connects everyone and the internet is there all of the time now if you are of your guys's age you've known this like your whole life for the rest of us it kind of came during our lifetime and we had to learn to trust it in different ways uh, we grew up with newspapers or magazines things like that TV news and, and all these different things where we got the 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 word of the day the news of the day all of these different things and all of a sudden everything's on the internet all the time now the good thing is everything's on the internet all the time and you can connect to so many people you can Google any topic you can pretend that you know everything just by having a quick Google hand like you can do find all of this information and, and so it's a really cool thing but the bad part is literally everybody can post on the internet and, and so like you have something like Wikipedia who, who uh, you look at it and a lot of it is true, but a lot of it people can get on there and change at any time. You have other articles, and I used to be a reporter, and so I know how this works, where people will post without any sources. They'll say anonymous, or they'll say, have this complete conspiracy theory, and it's clearly from something else, and, and you don't really check into it, and it's like, oh, I get it. And so there's all of this, it opens up all of this huge thing about what should I believe. Uh, in the last election, there was a huge thing about fake news, fake news on both sides of the aisle. Like, everybody was saying fake news. It's a word that people use jokingly now but is kind of real and so you see all of these links if you look on Facebook which is for old people but still it exists uh, and or you look on Twitter like you're going to see a million links that go to a million different stories and sometimes they say complete opposite things and they both have sources and stats and you're like how in the world is this true and so it's very hard to know what the truth is it's the same with people it's very hard to know who someone is well with the internet there are things that you can do uh, like Snopes, like it's a, the website that you can check. You can look at who the sources come from. There was a story last year when Captain Marvel came out, Marvel movie. Uh, it came out a little bit after Alita Battle Angel, which is a weird movie about like an android girl that did war battle angel stuff. I don't know. Uh, but anyway, so it was this movie came out. And so 
in that movie, the girl was kind of subservient to the people around her. Like she was essentially uh, a slave in a way. She said yes, she never questioned things, all of that. Captain Marvel came out and a lot of people were posting reviews before it even came out saying like, this is awful, like uh, this is a bad thing. Like this, this is not how women should be. This is not how this should be. This is not how this should happen. And so like on Rotten Tomatoes, which is kind of stupid anyway, but all of the reviews are going down and the movie's not even out yet. And so people were like, what is happening? Do people know all about this? Like, like, is there something I don't know? And so like a bunch of reporters kind of looked into this and found out that every single one of the links that was posting negative reviews was going back to like a uh, fascist, like a, what is it, neoconservative uh, Nazi party people that were trying to tear down Disney and trying to tear down something else. And so they were just posting fake reviews from different links. And so like, they didn't use the right real names that seemed like a news story. So a lot of people that saw that were like, oh, this must be true. But once you looked into it, you saw, wait a second, this person has an agenda. And there's a lot of things like that all the time on TV, in the internet, everywhere. And so it's very hard to then know, well, what should I believe? What should I believe about people? How should I find out things? And, and this story that we just read, it's like, well, this is very cut and dry. This is very clear. We know what happened here. Well, I want to read a little bit before this. This is back to Genesis 25, 27 through 34. As the boys grew up, Esau became a skillful hunter. He was an outdoorsman, but Jacob had a quiet temperament, preferring to stay at home. Isaac loved Esau because he enjoyed eating the wild game Esau brought home, but Rebekah loved Jacob. So the hope is that they loved their, both of their kids, but it kind of says that they had favorites, and that's kind of what happens. Uh, no matter what they say, every parent has a favorite. I'm just joking. I'm just joking. They don't, except for my parents. But anyway, so, uh, and it's not me. No, but um, so we see here, what I just said, like we see this comes out in the story. We see that Esau was an outdoors guy. He went hunting, he made food, and so he fit with his dad. You guys, if, if you're into sports and somebody else is into sports, you kind of vibe with them. If you're into musicals, if you're into to, uh, school, which nobody is, but if you're into... If you're into books, if you're into TV, if you're into video games, whatever you're into, and somebody else comes up and they start talking about that, you immediately feel that connection. You, you're like, okay, well, uh, at least I like something that they like, or music, whatever it is. And so that's where we see with Rebecca and, and Isaac. And so we see kind of the story illuminated, like, okay, I get it. Yeah, it still doesn't make anything better, but it's okay. Now here, this is the next part of the story. One day, when Jacob was cooking some stew, uh, Esau arrived home from the wilderness, exhausted and hungry. Esau said to Jacob, I'm starved. Give me some of that red stew. This is how Esau got his other name, Edom, which means red. Uh, All right, Jacob replied, but trade me your rights as the firstborn son. Look, I'm dying of starvation, said Esau. What good is my birthright to me now? But Jacob said, first, you must swear that your birthright is mine. So Esau swore an oath, thereby selling all his rights as the firstborn to his brother Jacob. Then Jacob gave Esau some bread and lentil stew. Esau ate the meal, then got up and left. He showed contempt for his rights as the firstborn. Now we see that, and that completely blows away everything we thought about the first part of the story. Because in the first part, it's like, man, Rebecca and Jacob, they suck. Like, they're tricking this old man. And in this part, it's like, wait a second. Esau's kind of the one that's, that's being shady here, and Isaac's trying to give him the rights. But Esau very clearly gave up the rights. It's kind of like if... Nate signs over his car to Luke, and then he's like, no, never mind, I want it back, and then like calls the police and says, Luke stole the car. Like, that's a bad deal. Like, that's not a cool thing. But in this story, it's very clear at the beginning, like, okay, well, I know the story. Like, I don't need to know anymore. Uh, I don't need to know anymore. Isaac was right, and we feel bad for him, and Esau should have the rights, so this should be overturned. But now when we see all the rest of it, it's like, wait a second. 
wait a second, so Jacob actually was supposed to have the rights of the firstborn son. He was actually supposed to be getting it anyway. And so it becomes very, very much cloudier because it's like everybody kind of was doing the wrong thing because it's still not right to trick an old blind man. Please don't do it. But it all becomes very cloudy, but we see that, oh, well, the rights were still supposed to go to Jacob, and that's why it was allowed to happen. That's why Jacob had them. That's why he went on to them. And, you know, you can go into, like, I can't believe that Esau would sell his rights just for some stew. He couldn't have been that hungry, but everybody here has at some point said, Mom, I'm starving to death. I need food right now. We've all said that. And so that's kind of what he is, and he's not thinking, because none of us are thinking. If somebody came to you right now, and they're like, hey, I want you to give me the last three years of your life. I'm not going to, it's not going to be soon, like just the last three years of your life, and I will give you a million dollars. Now, a lot of us would be like, okay, I'm like 16, I'm 17, I'm 41, like I'm 52, like whatever it is, be like, I'll do this, like a million dollars right now is way better. But then when you get to the end of your life, you're like, man, I wish I had more time. And that's kind of what Esau is doing here. He didn't look at the whole story either. He's just like, well, right now it doesn't matter, and that's years away. I don't have to worry about it. And so we sometimes make decisions like that, but we also make decisions about people like that. Just like I talked about the internet, how you never really know the full story. You never really know what someone's agenda is. You never really know what is happening with somebody else. Everyone else has a story. Everyone else has a life. Everyone else has pain. They have joy. They have triumphs. They have failures. They have things that go right, things that go wrong. Everyone else has a life just like us in different ways, but just like us. And so sometimes you're going to have people that are jerks. And it's very easy to see, like, I bet they're always a jerk. They don't deserve to live. Now, we don't think like that. We don't talk like that, but we kind of think like that. And it's like, well, I'm never going to like them. They're never going to be worth it. And we go back to Jonah. That's kind of what he's thinking because he knew this one thing. But we don't know what happens at home. We don't know what happened the rest of their life. We don't know what is on their heart. We don't know what is on their mind. It's just like what I've said with us before. If you are having a really bad day and everything is going wrong and people are being mean to you and and people are hurting you and people are saying bad things about you and then you go home and you yell at your parents, you want them to understand, you know, I'm sorry that I yelled, but I was having a bad day. But if somebody else comes to you and they yell at you, you're like, I don't care if you're having a bad day. You shouldn't yell at me. Now, both of those things are true. Because even no matter what happens in your life, it's not right to treat somebody else awfully. It's not right to hurt someone else. It's not right to abuse someone else. But it's also not right to make this snap judgment about people. And this series is about that. Because in your life, you're going to meet people on a limited level. Even your best friends that you know really well, you don't know everything about them. And so if you don't know everything about your best friends, when you get to college, you're not going to know everything about whoever it is that's asking you to go somewhere, whoever it is that's, that's asking for help. You're not going to know in life about everybody that you face. You're never going to know everything about anyone, even your own children, even your own parents, even your own siblings. You're never going to be able to know someone's entire story. So then How do you judge them? How do you know what is right and what is wrong? Well, the answer is you don't judge them. The answer is that you look at them and you say, okay, they don't know everything about me and I don't know everything about them, so why do they do what they do? What has happened in their life to lead them to this point? Uh, Today, and this is a little weird to talk about because it just happened, but Kobe Bryant died today. It's a very sad thing because he had 13-year-olds like his daughter and, and some teammates, and it's a tragedy because he was young, uh, he had had a life of, of doing a lot of different things. He was successful. Uh, his kid didn't even have a chance to have a life. Like 13 is a baby still. And it's a horrible thing that is sad. But one of the things that I notice, and you see this all of the time, when you see the eulogies on ESPN, when you hear people talk, uh, the person, Kobe in this case, becomes a saint. 
And so it's like, well, I, I know their whole story. They were this. And some people are like, well, I know their whole story. He did this back in the day, and he's not a good person ever. The answer is he's all of those things because he's a person. Uh, his kids, like, they're people. And so everybody kind of wants to boil everybody else down to this one easy story that you can fit in a paragraph, this one easy box that you can fit right there. But it's, we're all all of those things. No one is all good. No one is all bad. No one has done everything perfectly. No one has done everything wrong. Now, there are absolutely people that spit in the face of God and do evil, and, and that's not right, and they will pay for that someday. But even the most evil people in the world probably love their family or have done something good. Now, again, that doesn't mean that you justify their evil. It doesn't mean that you let them be your best friend. It doesn't mean that, that you're like, oh, well, I really like this person because they did evil things. But it, it reminds us, okay, I cannot look at people like they're this one paragraph. I cannot look at things like it's this one story. I have to remember that God is everywhere and he can help anyone and he loves anyone. The reason that I started this year with this series is because this is what's so necessary in this world. And I've mentioned this a couple times, but this is a presidential election year and a congressional election year. And so you are going to hear people who are very close yell at each other. You're going to hear family members get mad and friends get mad and you're going to hear lies on both sides and you're going to hear anger and you're going to see just all kinds of bad things and and then you're going to see in November half of the people in America be really sad and half the people be really happy and, and that's how life is and, and it kind of stinks but that's the way it is and so it's going to be a rough year in many ways and so a lot of us will at different points get caught up in that by having phone messages play at random times and things like that but we'll get caught up in that whether it's the presidential election or something else and we'll be like well I know exactly how this could be nothing's ever going to change my mind and if they think that way then I hate them forever and that's kind of how we live our lives but I started this series this year yes because of that election and yes because of the way things go and yes because of the things you will see but because you guys are the church like you guys are have this chance and it's a pressure in some ways but it's this chance to be better than the generations before now there's been a lot of good done. There have been a million, billion good Christians, people who do the right thing, people who help. There are people in this church now. There are people that uh, have passed away that have done good things. Like there are people around the world who keep this going, going all the way back to Jesus, going all the way back through the Bible. But you guys have this chance to truly love God and love others by looking at things how they would look at them. Again, not agreeing that everybody is right, but really looking at them and saying, you know what? Other people have said that they hate them, and other people have said they're not worth it, but I know that they are. I may not be their best friend. I may not hang out with them, but I'm going to pray for them. At the very least, you have this chance to end the cycle of just hating everybody, of just saying bad things about everybody. You have this chance to be better, this chance to stand up, and this is a good time to do it because everyone in this room has messed up at some point. You've all said the wrong thing and made somebody upset. You've regretted what you've said. You've regretted what you've done. Uh, especially Rob, like you've regretted the puppies in the car and all this stuff. But but you've all we've all regretted something at some point. And so okay, and so he doesn't have puppies right now. And so we all have this. We carry this sometimes. Uh, we, we, carry, we carry this feeling sometimes, and, and then we see someone else do the same thing, and it's like, well, they're not good enough. And so with this series, with this year, what I want you to do is start to think like Jesus thought. Start to think of other people, not as numbers, not as good or bad, but as people, and pray for them, care about them, love them. Again, you do not have to agree with them. You do not have to go out with them. You do not have to be their best friends, but... 
You cannot hate them. We have this chance to, to do better than in what is done before. And again, you're going to see so much hatred and vitriol this year, but you have this chance to rise above it. And it's a big deal, and it's very hard, and you're going to fail sometimes. All of us are going to fail sometimes, but there is no shame in failing if you keep trying. There is no shame in having a bad day. There is no shame in that if you keep trying, if you keep giving it to Jesus, if you keep trying to have that better perspective. You keep trying to look at people as Jesus would look at them. And I remind you of a story that I really love from the Bible in which Jesus washed the feet of all of the disciples right before he was crucified. All of the disciples, including Judas, who had already betrayed him, including Peter, who would deny him, including the ones that ran from him, including Thomas, who would die him but especially back to Judas who would betray him and lead to his death he washed their feet it didn't mean that he justified all their actions it didn't mean that he said oh you guys are all okay but he washed their feet because he still loved them now I'm not going to tell you to go wash everybody's feet because that's super gross but I'm going to tell you to go and love everyone to love God with everything you are and to love others in the same way and to remember that everyone has a story and to do everything you can not to make the decisions about everything from a paragraph but to remember that we all have this chance to be more like him. We all have this chance to be better and to do everything you can to show the world what that looks like. That's all I got.